only had one person to depend on when I was on the streets, and that was me. But it took Macy a long time to get me to even talk. <laughs> I just sit down and work my crosswords or read my book. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Lots of crosswords. And finally, they broke me down. And I went from a poor lost soul to a, a solid stout human being again and it feels good it feels real good people of Creston City people of every everywhere around the world this is David Christopher Pacheco hi my name is Kimmy my name is Arthur Ortiz been in Denver since 1973 okay so let's just talk in circles for a little bit <laughs> let's talk in circles yeah. just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit now they see beyond what I look like see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. I'm Blake, back with my co-host. Hey everyone, it's Shayla. And today we have our podcast editor. Our podcast editor behind the scenes coming out live is Macy. Our beloved Macy. Our beloved Macy. Macy, hello. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you on this side of the mic. I know, yeah. it's kind of weird. Macy has kind of a fun journey with Christ in the City as she started um, with the program as a missionary for two years and had a great two years as a missionary Great, two great years. two years, and she actually has just been hired full time for our communications team. Yeah, I'm super excited. Me too. I'm also very excited for our um, actual topic today. We get to talk about um, Chuck's story. Macy is still continues to to see Chuck on a regular basis, um, and Chuck's actually now in housing. I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. too much of the story, but. This podcast today is all about Chuck and his story, and it's a very powerful one. Yeah, Uh, and I've just recently been able to meet Chuck with Macy, just a very incredible, incredible person. So we're excited to share Chuck's story with you today, Um, and we'll go ahead and share with you this interview that we took with him. Macy, you want to tell them where we where we? Yeah, let's set the scene. Let's set the scene, Macy. So Chuck lives in an apartment now and he loves the rooftop of his apartment. He's always wanting to go up there. Anytime we come over, whether it's with Shayla or whoever I'm with, he always wants to go to the rooftop. (laughs) It has the best view of the city of Denver and the mountains. It's beautiful. Super windy up there. So sorry if you hear so much wind. (laughs) Um, And when Shayla and I went a couple weeks ago to visit him, he had made us hamburgers right it was yeah right. it was burgers burgers yep. a cute veggie tray yep. that he made the night before it was amazing and he made homemade uh, chocolate pudding with mm-hmm. bananas in it mm-hmm. like my grandma oh, makes yeah. it he had it in mugs already prepared for us like colored <laughs> mugs for us and we were just eating our homemade chocolate pudding up there while we recorded his interview it so, was awesome. so we have rooftop right. mm-hmm. wind mm-hmm. mountains in the background <laughs> eating chocolate pudding with oh. a man who was sharing his story yes uh and not only that but from a place i don't think he believed he'd be at right. a yeah. few years before and totally. that is where we will dive in mm-hmm. to chuck's story hi this is chuck davis good friend of macy's <laughs> and they're the ones that are responsible for me getting my act together <laughs> and getting a place 
and coming out of my shell, being able to talk to people, knowing that I can depend on somebody now. That I only had one person to depend on when I was on the streets, and that was me. But it took Macy a long time to get me to even talk. <laughs> I just sit there and work my crosswords or read my book. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Lots of crosswords. And finally, they broke me down. And I went from a poor lost soul to a, a solid, stout human being again. And it feels good. It was real good. How long were you homeless for? Ever since I was like 11 years old. Oh. I was running away from home ever since 11, 11 and a half years old. Dad's a drunk. Your mom puts up with it. You can't do nothing about it. Or you get the crap beat out of you or something like that. I just got tired of it. Uh, a couple of times they brought me back. Finally, I managed to escape. Uh, a lady picked me up on the, one of the loops going into Chicago, and she had two kids with her and a big dog. And like I said, I wasn't 12 years old yet, but she picked me up, she took me home with her, treated me just like her kid for a while. And I stayed with them about four years. Uh, took off. Been on my own ever since. It's not as hard to talk about now, but I couldn't have done this six months ago, or well, a year ago. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I wouldn't. I just wasn't that way. I was always on the go. I was never in one place. I afraid to be in one place, I guess. I don't know. Afraid of people getting too close to me. You guys finally did something about that, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to praise Brittany and Macy and the whole group because I couldn't have done it without them. I wouldn't have done it without them. I'd still be out there. Do you remember first meeting Macy? I do. Do you want to? Can you tell me about that? I, wasn't it? I'm a close to my birthday or something like that. I think that's when we first got really close. I met you in the beginning of the year. You know, they would go start at the top, beginning of the line, and at speak to everybody. Yeah. And they always stayed a little bit longer and a little bit longer with me. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm walking with them and everything. <laughs> he was a hard one at first, though. <laughs> Didn't want to talk to us in the beginning. But you were always one, two, or three in the line. I didn't always in the beginning. I couldn't let people somebody get close to me. It just I didn't know how to handle it. Mm. And now, you know, it's a different story. Way different. And that pudding's good. <laughs> that's it. it is good. Yeah. Chuck, what's been the biggest difference you've noticed in yourself since getting off the streets? My attitude. I'm hunting for friends in this building. Yeah. I don't know how you would say that. You and, want community. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of like I was for when I first met you guys. Mm -hmm. It's not that I didn't want to talk to you guys. I didn't know how to handle it 
or accept it. Yeah. And now I can accept it. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that before. Just wasn't there. Because we didn't have it when I was a kid. I didn't know what love was. Love was a punch in the face. Punch in the chest. Make you eat something you didn't like. Make me hate you. And it did. Even though when I was in the service, uh, Red Cross got a hold of captain on board ship, told him my dad wanted to see me before he passed on. He was dying of lung cancer at 46. So they flew me from Manila Air Force Base in the Philippines into Little Rock, Arkansas. I treated him with respect when I went from Sodden. I just couldn't get it out of my head the way he'd done it. And that's why I don't dwell on it too much now. You get to thinking on stuff like that, it's not good. You got a whole new chapter. Each page is different. And thank God for Brittany and Macy. And now you. You guys are, you glow, man. I just can't. You gotta really like what you do. <laughs> That's all I can say. I know I, I glow. You do. I do. I, I feel it. You have a lot of joy. Yeah. And I, I'm not so nervous as I used to be. Yeah. You Smoking. laugh a lot. I laugh a lot. <laughs> I, I watch the streets too. Just they, they come on at five o'clock. That's good to know. <laughs> Chuck, maybe do you want to talk about when you got your ID and that process of? kick-starting that whole thing? Uh, so that was kind of the big turning point for you. That, if you don't have ID or Social Security card, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. You can't get any work. You can't stay in a, a mission. Yes, that's true. What was it like getting the news that you were going to be getting into housing soon? Couldn't wait. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Could you believe it? No. I told Brittany, I said, I won't believe it till, until it actually happens. She knew the people, she knew the right people, the contacts or somebody, all that stuff. So, and church in the city will always have a special place in my heart. Christ in the city. I mean. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll always have a special place in my heart. And mi casa is your casa. <laughs> Did you ever try to get into housing before meeting Macy nope. or Brittany? So what what do you think like inspired you to to finally make that step? Because they finally broke my shell. They finally brought me out of it. And I was able to once you start communicating with somebody again, it doesn't take much longer. You'll reciprocate it. if you can talk about has faith played any role in meeting the missionaries or has your faith been changed at all? In the first place I didn't have any faith before I met Christ in the city and after time I learned that I could have a little faith and it bloomed a little bit more and so finally, it just bloomed all the way. <laughs> and 
Now I had nothing but love for you guys. <laughs> I had love for you then, but not like this. Yeah. This is, like I said, I'd still be out there where I may be dead. Couldn't happen any other way. Do you want to talk about the day that you moved into your apartment a little bit? Do you remember the date? March 19th. March 19th. I'll never forget it. St. <laughs> Joseph's Feast Day. You know, I knew the day before yep. that I was going to be moving in, so I didn't sleep at all that night. You're like a little kid. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't calm down, man. Yeah. You had and the biggest smile on your face that day. I still do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's just a whole different life. Yeah. yeah I'm a human being again. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to get up at one o'clock in the morning and go outside and walk Oswin, I can do it. Yeah. And not have to worry about the cops saying, what are you doing here? Yeah. And, I don't know. It's great. Yeah. And, what, was the, what was the hardest thing about living on the streets, in your opinion? Doing without... You have to wear a pair of socks 10 days mm-hmm. or whatever you know you can't change your clothes because you don't have the clean clothes to put on you get money to buy it or you don't want to go to these places because you're going to get in a fight in the lines and stuff so you don't deal with it mm-hmm. and you learn to do without mm-hmm. like we ate one peanut butter sandwich at lunch mm-hmm. and a cup of soup if, if I could eat it because it had spinach or kale in it, and I couldn't do it. So most of the times I had one peanut butter sandwich. Chuck doesn't like vegetables. I like vegetables. <laughs> you don't not, like spinach and kale. <laughs> I like peas and green beans. <laughs> I did eat um, collard greens one time. Yeah, good job. What's been your favorite thing about being in housing now? Mm. Your life changed a lot in the last year. I can drink coffee anytime I want, <laughs> take a shower anytime I want, and as many as I want. <laughs> I'm clean, man. You are clean. <laughs> and I wish my tattoo would go away now. <laughs> this one ain't never going away. Mm-hmm. And this one, that was... Yeah. Do you have any... So, you've, you've been... You were homeless for, like, over 40 years. Uh, yeah. I'm 69 now. One, I think I just have one more question, unless maybe you do. Uh, do you feel like you're actually living now? Yes. Yep. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. I see it every day. I feel it every day. Just every time I talk to somebody on the telephone, hey, I'm talking to somebody in my house on the telephone. Yeah. I'm taking my dog for a walk <laughs> out of my house. This is my, I've already, this is my second year. I know. Oh, I know. This is unbelievable. Yep, almost a year and a half now. Unreal. Coming up on two. I'm so thankful that we met. That you became my friend. (laughs) Thanks, Chuck. I couldn't have better friends. Couldn't couldn't have better friends. (laughs) We're like a family now. You're the best, too. Like I said, you guys come over anytime you want. (laughs) Call up, say, we're coming. (laughs) I said, well, give me enough time so I can go to the store. You, you can open my freezer. I don't, Always got ice cream in there, though. I ain't worried about meat. I got a whole freezer full of meat. <laughs> and, a, and a cup of ice cream every night. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have a bowl like that. 
Is there anything else you want to say to Christ in the City and our listeners? Thank God you're out there doing your thing for everybody. We appreciate you. God bless you. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Chuck. You betcha. When we were leaving, um, hanging out with Chuck and, and doing this interview, we both were just like, wow. Yeah. Just in <laughs> awe almost yeah. of like how how amazing he is mm-hmm. and how willing he is to share where he has been and where, yeah. how far he's come. It's yeah. So we're very, we're very grateful um, for Chuck. Macy, do you want to tell us kind of on your side of things, how, how it was like first meeting Chuck mm-hmm. and when you first met him? So I met Chuck my very first day as a missionary. Oh. Day one, day one, I met Chuck. Day uh, one. <laughs> at the uh, food line that I served at as a missionary. He was always doing his uh, crossword puzzles. He was, always had a crossword puzzle in his hand and just like never actually looked up. Like I'd say, hi. <laughs> and he would just kind of, <laughs> hey, like little wave with his pen in his hand and go back to his crossword puzzles. Um, and I just remember thinking, well, I, I knew about him from another missionary that was on the route that I was on the year before. Yeah. And she had kind of told me to like look out for him. And so I remember thinking like, I feel pretty determined that I will be this man's friend. Um, I'm pretty stubborn. And <laughs> that is a amazing comment right there. That, I yes. will be his friend. I just felt like kind of this duty, like to the other missionary of like, I do want to like check on him and make sure he's okay. And because I'm sure that was hard, like the missionary he was close to the year before, just not being there anymore. In the beginning, it was really, really hard to kind of like feel connected to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just saying hi a lot of mornings without getting much of anything. And yeah. then just like through a lot of persistency and consistency, I think on both of our ends, we just eventually like would have good conversations about like mm-hmm. very surface level things at first. Um, the weather. Oh, look at that bird over there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people in this line and then, Oh, the normal yeah, right yeah. there. Like, That's just so normal. Yeah. The small uh, talk. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell that he wanted to say more, uh, sure. I guess. And I also wanted to hear a lot more. And, um, there was just a particular day, maybe like halfway through my first couple months as a missionary. Um, where I just remember I was like, I'm going to ask him deeper questions. <laughs> like nice. my other, the other missionary that walked with me, him and I were just like, we're going to do this. Um, <laughs> and I just remember being like, how long have you been on the streets? And he said over 40 years. And I, I just remember like my jaw dropping. I said something along the lines of like, do you ever see yourself getting out of here? And over and over again, he would say to me like, I've accepted I'm going to die out here and I'm okay with that. Mm. But with no emotion oh. and just like straight face every time. Sad. And it like actually ruptured my heart. I think every single time he said that um, oh. and just made me sad for him, you know? Mm. And, and I could also tell that like he was sad that totally. he was saying that, but he had, it was so numb. Like he had just accepted this is what's going to happen. Um, and then we started to take him to lunch or we started to like go on walks with him mm-hmm. during our daily route and we I like particularly just started to sit with him a lot more in this food line just like Mm -hmm. hoping he would give me something I guess um and it was a very slow process and actually the first time that I feel like we got really close he had just ran a 10 mile race and he brought his medal yeah he brought he's a runner (laughs) I just remember he brought his medal and he was so proud to show me this medal Aww, that he had um, from the race that he finished, like in the mountains, 10 miles. It was amazing. And after that, we like went and got lunch and like celebrated. It was like Subway. We had a Subway gift card. Oh, nice, And we went nice. to celebrate him. He got a cookie. And then we walked back to his camp with him. And that was pretty surreal too of just like, okay, he like lives under this bridge. He lives right here. And mm. I'm like in his home right now. Um, 
And it was cold. I remember it was snowy. He had two blankets and he was like, I'm going to be fine tonight. And and I was like, there's no, there's absolutely no way. Um, And then after that, we actually didn't see him for a couple weeks. And obviously I was freaking out. Yeah, those are rough. Those are rough few weeks. Where is he? I mean, it's snowing a lot more, but also he just ran a 10 mile race in the snow in the mountains. He must be okay. I could never do it. I think. Right, right. But he's been doing it for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other missionary and I actually like went to his camp maybe a couple weeks after that to try to look for him. And we found him like buried under this pile of snow um, with a tarp over him. And we just like kept yelling his name, like Chuck, Chuck, oh like, are you there? And like, we didn't know for sure if that was him either. I mean, there's people under the bridges all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And he just like popped his head out and was like, I'm okay, I promise. And then was like, I have to go back in or I'm going to get too cold. Oh and, my like, gosh. And like, we just like stood there and stared at each other for a second. Oh. Like one with like, okay, we know he's okay and he's alive. Two, do we just leave now? Yeah, like what do you yeah, do? Yeah, what do we do? And we just, we left. I mean, what else? I didn't know what else we could do. Um. And then the sun came out the week after and he came back around the line. And Mm. I just remember that was the turning point where I was like, I feel like his actual friend now. That's kind of when we started the process of like, Chuck, would you ever think about like getting an ID or applying for housing? And he was just so like wounded and jaded by the system, obviously, because it's a it's a whole thing to go through that process. Um, And uh, yeah, at one point he was just like, I trust you guys. And if you think we can do it then like I'm in yeah. and I remember that being like a big task like wow. my yeah. first year as a missionary like okay he trusts us we cannot let him down right like, right he doesn't trust many people <laughs> google search how no, do I get literally an literally yeah. I'm like uh how does this process start and thankfully like I had done it a couple times with some other friends um and so I kind of knew how the the system worked a little bit and yeah, yeah. yeah we applied for his ID and I mean because he's older and a vet it was a little easier um, okay. to go through that process which helped in his favor Got his ID after he got it, actually got stolen. So we had to go through the whole process again, oh, which wow. sucked. Um, yeah, I have a picture of him the first day we got it and like the biggest smile on his face. He's wearing <laughs> a blue shirt, I remember. Uh. And just the biggest smile. And then like literally the week after it got stolen, just had to go through that again. Yeah. Um, but I was thankful that he like trusted us again. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're in this together. I'm not going to like just leave because this is annoying at this point. Right. Um, got his ID, got the birth certificate, got the social security card. Um and then met a case manager and she he mentions her in the interview her name's Brittany she's amazing um and yeah started going through the process and eventually got a voucher for a motel for a while and then got into housing your persistence with him <laughs> uh, you had to think and like the Chuck knew that right and like you knew mm-hmm. it too you knew you were going to persevere for Chuck mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you can hear it in your voice even as you say it, like I'm not giving up on this guy right. you know and like gosh I can't imagine what that meant to him and what that still means mm-hmm. to him as you see him so regularly and I mean yeah. my question for you Macy is day one right at Christ in the city I can't assume where your mind and heart was but mm-hmm. the common missionary experience is I'm going to go to the streets help someone out kind of, you know, save their life or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just because we're so ambitious at that time. (laughs) And stubborn. Yeah. And stubborn. But how has he changed your life? Yeah. Um, I was actually telling Shayla this after we left his apartment that Chuck is just, he's so special to me because it is actually a give and take relationship and we're both like equally in it with each other. And Um, that's friendship, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, he has shown me like, true and genuine friendship and like what pure love and that looks like he just cares so deeply about me I mean like he sees me and like cares in ways that like a lot of people in my regular day-to-day don't and it's truly like 
the father's eyes looking at me is what it feels like most times with him. And I remember Mm -hmm. I like was telling him about something that happened. Um, like a, a little argument my sisters and I got in. If you're listening to this, love you guys. Um, (laughs) um, he was just like, he looked at me and he was like, Macy, like it hurts me to see you hurt. Uh And I'm telling you, like coming from someone who doesn't have a relationship with their family at all, it's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being shocked. Yeah. Like he was like, no, like this is something worth like risking your heart Mm -hmm. for and like diving (laughs) into. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's just, yeah, he's, he's just a good friend. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, it's very pure. Yeah. Like that's when Macy Mm -hmm. said pure, I, that really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. His like his love and the way he, Mm -hmm portrays himself is in such a pure way that he just wants to like connect with people and and that didn't come from like an Mm -hmm. easy place Mm -hmm. like he was even saying um like right away you know he had a hard exterior I think he said I was a poor lost soul and now he can be a solid human Mm -hmm. being again um and that like I I, it's, it's so cool because Macy and your your other street team partner um that was walking with you you guys didn't just go up to him and say, Hey, like we can help you get an ID and housing yeah. right away. Like it was months of friendship totally, before totally. you in- even like introduced that. Mm-hmm. Like it had, it had to start with friendship, yeah. you know? And it makes it that much more special. Like Absolutely. the day he got his ID, the day he moved into housing, it was like, wow, I care about you so much that this is like even more special for the both of us, you know? Totally. I mean, Macy, on that first day, mm-hmm. you said you met Chuck, but you'd heard about him from someone before. Mm-hmm. And that's at Christ in the City, we really try to pass these relationships. We try to never mm-hmm. leave the homeless abandoned mm-hmm. when we um, end our volunteer year. Yeah. I mean, Chuck still talks about Claire was the missionary before me um, and kind of how she just like had a great smile that he felt safe around, which is mm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think because Claire was able to be with him the year before that, I think he wasn't, I mean, he was standoffish towards me. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he was as standoff, standoffish yeah. as he mm-hmm. could have been. Um, and I also think my street team partner was Isaiah. And I think having another guy too felt safe, you know, like yeah. I think Chuck felt safe. Like, Oh, there's a guy here that I can also connect with. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a, a woman who like seems nice. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, you? Yeah. Me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think having two of us also helped a lot. Cause I mean, it didn't, it also didn't feel like it was totally on me. I had a street team partner who I trusted, sure, sure. who cared about me, who cared about Chuck and we were kind of in it together, which helped yeah. a lot. Cause there are those days where you probably didn't want to talk oh, to totally, him. Totally. And Isaiah was like, I got this. You totally. Know? Totally. And Isaiah loves Chuck. So, so And there much. are probably days Chuck was like, I don't want to talk to Macy today, oh, yeah. you know, but Actually, Isaiah, I don't think so, but maybe. well, we'll see what Chuck says. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. Ask him. He I, called me to invite me to bingo this weekend. Please actually. tell me you went. <laughs> well, no, it's this week. Oh <laughs> gosh. Are you kidding me? That it's is amazing. It's amazing. He's bingo just, Chuck. He's just a human. Like he's doing human things. It's amazing. He he loves it. Yeah. Yeah. He's alive. He's alive. He's he's alive. He's alive. And he says it himself. Like he is Mm -hmm. finally alive and and thriving and living. And he's the one hunting for friends in his building. Yeah. You know, he's the one trying to to Mm -hmm. build that community. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he'll tell me all the time that it's like really hard to not have like good friends in that building. And he's trying so hard to get good, good friends. And I think that we've been able to just model for each other what good friendship is. Um, in the same way that like when I go into a new setting, I want to make good friends to feel more comfortable and at home. Um, who doesn't want to feel known in their space that they're living and breathing in every day. Yeah. Um, and he didn't have that when he was on the streets. It was so very different for him. Um, yeah, I just, I think that 
he still struggles with it, which is obviously like sad for me to hear when yeah. I go over and I'm like, I wish I could just be here every day. Um, mm-hmm. But like life continues and we continue with our friends in a different way um, when we're not missionaries anymore. And I think that it's caused both of us to kind of go outside of our comfort zones. Like Chuck is being challenged to meet new people in ways that he has never been challenged before, which is yeah. just really cool that he like is up for the challenge. You know, yeah. he's like, I want new friends. I want a community. And I, I care so much about myself that I want people in my life. Right. Um, it's just, it's just amazing to see. And it's still a struggle for him, but he's trying so hard. And whether that means going to bingo to meet new people, yeah. but, I mean, that's why he goes to bingo. Totally. <laughs> right. He goes, walks his dog around his, his building because he wants to meet new people. He goes mm. to the park because he wants to meet new people. Yeah. It's not so much of an isolated thing anymore. It's like, I'm doing this because I, I want to be a human again and like share this humanity with other people as well. You know, we, so. you, we talk so much about relationship, relationship and how big yeah. ruptured relationships mm-hmm. are on our, our friends' journeys on the streets. And it's like, he has seen like everyone in the world. Like totally. we've seen ruptured relationships and we've seen mm-hmm. the joy of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is like fighting for that. Right. Yeah. right? Just like he yeah. encouraged you to do with your sisters. Totally. Right. It's, it's like, amazing. It's yeah. like, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worth it. Fix that rupture. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. get in relationship. Mm-hmm. And he'll say often, like, this is my second chance. I, I don't want to like, let it go to waste, mm. which is so, I'm like, how many times do I just like let a friendship die or I'm not a good friend to someone. And I'm just like, whatever, you know, we should all have his outlook. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get a second chance. I'm not going to waste it. Like this is my life and I want it. I want to live well. It's amazing. Chuck, thank you for your wisdom. My goodness. <laughs> He's very wise. It's just so pure. Someone like Chuck makes me question daily how like how do people end up on the streets? Someone like so human, so like yeah. quote unquote whatever we think normal is. Someone just being like how do they just end up on the streets for 40 years with mm-hmm. nobody questioning anything? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you to Macy um for for inviting me into a friendship with Chuck and getting to spend time with him too has been just such a gift in the short amount of time I've known him. Um, so thank you. And thank you for being willing to like share this story. Cause it's really, it's really beautiful. Thank you guys. This has been great. And yeah, I just love how much you've brought people into it. You know, it's like, Chuck, come meet my friends. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. Let's meet my other friends. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just enriched his life so much. I, I also just want to thank Chuck for putting up with you. I want to say <laughs> thank you, thank you Chuck. Chuck, for still being Macy's friend, even when you don't have to be. You are just such a, a gift to all of us um, for doing such an act. And Chuck, there's a special place for you in heaven for this one. Everyone, don't worry. Blake tells me on the daily that I'm his best you, friend, and he's so thankful for me. Just <laughs> exactly like that. I Yeah, Chuck's story is worth sharing. He's the best. Mm-hmm. And thank you to all of our listeners tuning in with us this week. Uh, We hope that you're truly inspired by Chuck's story um, and that you're willing to maybe start talking to someone new Mm -hmm. and start forming a relationship. And it might be, you know, a long process, Mm -hmm. but we've seen it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And like Macy did, man, what a great example for both you and Chuck. Like you were both persistent and persevered, Mm -hmm. right? Don't. Yeah, to to all our CIC family, I think that's just something that we always have to be reminded by our friends is keep it going, you know, don't quit. It's worth it. All right. We love you all. (laughs) We will see you in a couple weeks. God bless. Bye. 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 Mother Teresa, one of our patrons would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, 
This mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ-in-the-city-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. God bless you.